0: Welcome again to the Arlington Baptist Podcast. Again, I'm so grateful that you're part of our uh, weekly episodes here. And I'm going to jump back into the subject we were picking up last week. We're in a long series called What's Happening, What's Happening in Our World, Our Families, Our Churches, Our Workplace, Government, all these kind of issues that we've been dealing with in society. And I started a new kind of subheading to the series last week. And dealing with a very important subject, uh, one that all of us uh, are familiar with Uh, as adults. We live our lives around our work, around our vocation. And so we've been talking about God's uh, design, God's plan for work. Uh, we talked about last week, uh, just kind of got started into it by dealing with uh, God's plan for hard work. God's a hard worker himself. He wants us to work hard, to to have a good testimony. Uh, We talked about uh, the idea of taking care of our families, uh, how God would have the man uh, to be the primary breadwinner, And, and that's the subject I ended with last week. Our time got away from us, but I was talking about the role of husband and wife, the the father and mother, the man and woman in the home, and what God's plan is. Now, again, we have to teach the the rule and give grace for the exception. Um, God's plan and His uh, His roles of man and woman, of husband and wife in the home, is for the husband, the father, to go out and earn a living. And for the wife, the mother to be in the home, especially, of course, raising uh, young children and so forth, taking care of the home. We looked at the passage in Titus chapter 2 about women being keepers in the home. Uh, again, let me just reiterate, we're not saying that there's never a time where a woman can work out of the home. There's definitely times when women women need to. Uh, there's emergencies, or financial stress. I really resent that our culture uh, has got to the point where you almost have to have two incomes to live any kind of what we might call a comfortable life. Uh, I try to keep my uh, wife, the mother of our three kids, home as much as possible. She never really worked a, a full-time job by any means outside of the home. She did a couple extra little jobs to make some extra money. And uh, I'm very thankful to say right now that all three of my um, my daughter, and then my two daughter-in-laws. I call them my three daughters. Uh, they're the mothers of, of all of our grandkids. We have another one on the way, 13 total, and we're so proud of them and love them so much. But all three of the mothers in our family, my daughter, uh, who has three kids, one on the way, my daughter-in-law, Susie, who has a three, and, and Shonda, who has just had her sixth child, Uh, they all are at home with their kids. And my sons and my son-in-law have done everything possible to make that a reality. And so I want to praise them for that. I think that's the right plan. Now, I want to say before going on to another subject under the workplace that we're talking about, that when we talk about roles, uh, the proper place for a man Proper place for a woman, uh, husband and wife in a family. Uh, We have to go back to really God's uh, design for men and women in general. God never uh, wanted, never designed for there to be this very confused unisex culture that we live in. Um, God designed men a certain way and women a certain way. This is a beautiful thing, it's God given, it's God ordained. And men are different and women are different. And so because of those differences that God created us with, uh, there shouldn't be a blending of the responsibilities either. It doesn't mean that a woman can't do a man's job or a man can't do what a woman might do. That's not the point. The point is God intended for men to do certain things and for women to do certain things, um, when we have this total blending and, and, and almost uh, unisex, as I said, kind of a cultural uh, mandate anymore that women have to be able to do what men are doing and men uh, have to be able to do what women are doing, uh, it's really become mixed up and confused. Again, it's not anything to do with inferiority or superiority. It is not that men are better than women or women are better than men. That has nothing to do with it for functioning god set down proper leadership and the role of leadership in the home as well as in government in the church is to be the man male leadership is taught throughout scripture there is no place where you see a woman leading uh, for instance the nation of israel there's no women apostles there's no women pastors taught in the new testament despite uh, the uh, perversion of that today by so many denominations and this is not an anti-woman statement women are the most important people in churches Uh, every church that i've been a part of would not operate would not function without the sacrificial hard work of loving, committed women. But women are not to be leading in certain roles. In the government, for instance, I know today we have a lot of women in in Congress and state government as well. And I have to say, I thank God for the good, godly, conservative women that are in government because we have so many weak men who will not step up and do their job. If you'll remember, it wasn't until men abdicated their place of leadership and and maturity and strength and responsibility that God had to, at times, even in the Bible times, uh, call on women to step up. You'll remember the story of Deborah, one of the judges. It's in uh, Judges chapter 4 and 5, where there was a man named Barak who would not be the man, the leader that God called him to be. Uh, he was must have been a wimpy, sissified man, a man who was afraid to lead. It was a hard time in Israel. Hey, leadership is hard, but God equips men to do that, and men need to step up and and uh, be the men that, that God calls us to be. And uh, you remember Deborah had to step in. God called Deborah to basically motivate, to rally Bar- Barak to do what he should do, and he finally did. But what I'm saying is that Uh, women have their place, men have their place, and we need to get back to those roles. The exceptions, of course, uh, we need to have grace, and we need to have sympathy and sensitivity to uh, the exceptions. But as the general rule, here we are as Christians. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be teaching all the counsel of God, all of what His Word says, and men should be working out of the home. Primarily and generally speaking, and women should stay in the home and be keepers of the home. Well, let's move on. The next subject I want to cover under the workplace, and it's a really big one, and that is the question: Where should I work? Uh, what vocation should I go in uh, into in my life? What should what career path should I take? Uh, again, speaking primarily of the man, because again, what I just said, the men primarily should be taking care of their families as husbands and fathers, uh, this is one of the most important decisions a young man can make. And I'm going to go against uh, some of the cultural norms uh, in my statements here, but that's okay because the Bible is often against what the world and culture says anyway. But today we've kind of developed this idea that all uh, people in general have to have a college degree, have to go to universities, uh, and so forth. I don't believe that's necessarily the case. I'm not against uh, men, and there's a lot of women, of course, that are getting degrees as well, but I'm saying that uh, that is not what God mandates. Uh, work, uh, it, it, no matter what kind, we could call it blue-collar physical work or white-collar more mental work, if you want to say it that way, it's still work, and, and it demands commitment and and it demands devotion to it and preparation. And that preparation doesn't always entail book learning or a degree. Now, that's fine when someone has a degree, if they're studying, for instance, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, these kind of positions, of course, they're going to need to do some further uh, study in university and, and specialized training. I understand that. That's fine. And that's, I've already mentioned in our last episode that we ought to be glad to reward people who put that kind of commitment. But I want any uh, of our young men or whoever's listening, maybe you're raising uh, some some boys and young men already in your home, you fathers, uh, don't force your, your sons to think they have to get a, a master's degree or a doctorate degree or even a, even a bachelor's degree. That might be fine, and I'm not against that, And depending on what they choose to do. But that brings up the question again, where Uh, should a a person work? And what vocation should they go into? Well, I think that we ought to ask ourselves certain things. First of all, I think above all else, that when a man chooses a career, it ought to be to help others, to be a blessing to society, to be a help in the culture that they live in, to bless others, to provide a service or a product uh, that will help others. It should not be like it is in the world today, where most people are choosing their careers according to what the the uh, uh, you know salary package is. How much money am I going to make? Is it six figures or more? Uh, what kind of benefits do I have? Hey, is that important? Yes, I'm not denying that. But if all people do is to go into work for selfish uh, gain, that is not of God. And I'm I'm speaking to Christians. I'm referring to Christian vocations. And for Christians and people in churches that are trying to uh, be a blessing to the world, blessing to others around them, choose a vocation that you know is going to help people. Uh, We think of doctors and we think of of law enforcement as an example. These are people with a vocation, a calling from God. What do we mean by that? It means that we think God uh, gives gifts and talents to people to do certain things because he wants them to help others. God loves all people. He loves the downtrodden. He loves the orphan and the widow. He loves the stranger. And he wants us to reach out and be a blessing to people. Well, I brought up a a thought that I want to continue on now. Not only should a young man choose a vocation that's going to be a blessing and help someone else, uh, but also he ought to see where God has gifted him. Uh, You know, when a, a little boy's growing up and becoming a young man, and uh, my two sons went through this. Of course, I went through this. Uh, It it doesn't take a genius in most cases to find where a a, a young boy and a young man's talents are. Uh, What is he gifted to do? What does he like to do? I think one of the worst plagues on society today is people that go to work and hate what they do. They hate to go to work. They know they have to because they have to make a living and and support themselves, and their families, and pay the bills, but what a tragedy to live your whole life doing a job that you despise, that you don't get any kind of fulfillment or contentment from, and so I think a a young Christian uh, man who's maybe thinking about, what do I want to do with my life? You know, seek God, uh, pray, and ask God to show you uh, what what He wants you to do, and look at uh, maybe your parents and I think they should. It's not a maybe. I should say your parents should do this. They should help guide you in that. You know, they should be there saying, hey, you know, maybe God's calling you into this. This is something you like to do. You're good at. You're interested in it. So I think, first of all, find something to do that helps people. Uh, Number two, what are you gifted at, and how is God leading? Uh, Of course, God leads in our lives, Uh, We talk about what is the will of God. Well, there's a lot of things in Scripture that tell us exactly what the will of God is is in specific areas, but when it comes to choosing a vocation, a life career, um, I think now, all of us ought to be seeking God's face and seeing, you know, what's God opening up? Maybe, you know, uh, I started working when I was, I mean, I probably had my first full-time job at 17 years old, but even before that, I i was cutting grass and cleaning an office building, cleaning an office building. I was doing whatever, you know, my parents or grandparents could get me a job doing, making money. And then I got into the restaurant business and worked full-time. And you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I I had that kind of temperament, like my mother. My mother was a was a small, little, short lady like I am, but she was a fireball, and I took after her in a lot of ways. And she was a hard worker, and she was constantly on the move. And she got into restaurant management, made a good living doing that. So I I followed that path for a while until God called me into ministry. I was doing restaurant work. I I was in my early 20s, 21 years old, uh, and I was managing a, a submarine uh, shop, sub shop over close here in the DFW area. I was doing pretty good. In fact, I was engaged to get married, and me and my uh, future wife were planning on buying a home already. I mean, so in other words, I, I saw how God opened doors, and I saw this is what I probably ought to do. And I think that's what God will do with any uh, young man that's wanting to uh, further himself. Uh, to have the right kind of ambition, to want to be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. Aren't you glad in America, for sure, and there's other places, but in America, God rewards the right kind of ambition. Hard work, um, preparation, you know, uh, organizing yourself and 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 paying your dues, starting out at, at the entry level at a company and moving moving up the, the ladder, so to speak. Uh, by the way, let me just include here, um, when you're thinking about what you're going to do for a living and then you get your preparation, if that includes schooling or technical institute or whatever it, co- uh, it takes, maybe an apprenticeship to be uh, some kind of a, a labor worker in some regards. We're always going to need them, by the way. Don't let people think that or let people lie you and say, well, you got to go into computers or you got to go into some, you know, IT. Hey, that's great. Those guys are so important today and, and I'm sure glad they're out there. But they're always going to need physical workers. Hey, a computer, a robot, is never going to be able to do all that people do. I know there's so much robotics and and all this technology, but I'm telling you, when it comes to, you know, uh, cleaning a hotel room, uh, comes to, you know, uh, fixing a car, it comes to, you know, putting up some drywall, uh, building a house, robots are never going to do that. We're still always going to need labor workers. And if God's gifted you and given you talent and love for working with your hands, don't let people put you down and make you think that's less. It's not. Thank God for those people. Man, We, I'm sitting in a beautiful office here at our church building. This is a fantastic building. And I think of the people that labor to put up a building like this. Thank God for their knowledge. I sure couldn't do it. I have no knowledge in that area. So what I'm saying is uh, your vocation is important. Choose it carefully. Be a blessing Pursue something that's going to honor God. Uh, man, what a tragedy. I have literally been in church work long enough and seen Christians that have worked for things or for companies that were uh, totally in contradiction to the Christian faith. Um, working, and I'm not saying that, uh, that you can't work at a place that, that you might not agree with everything they do. Let me give you an example. Say you work at, at, a, at a Walmart, okay? Does Walmart sell alcohol and am I against alcohol? Is the Bible against alcohol? I think it is, but I wouldn't fault someone. That's not the primary business of Walmart to sell alcohol. Uh, You might work in a restaurant that sells alcohol. I'm not saying that that is necessarily wrong because there's very few places that don't. But what I am saying is you wouldn't want to work at a liquor store. You you wouldn't want to work at at a, a, a beer brewing company. Uh, that directly uh, facilitates uh, the drinking and, and abuse of alcohol. Uh, and what I'm saying is make sure you choose something that honors God. There's so many great Christian companies out there. And, and, and this is an aside, but I'm going to get into financing uh, finances a little later. Maybe the next subject we'll go into under this broad category uh, of the, the, the family and so on. Um, When I talk about finances, I tell you, we ought to use our dollars, Christians, to make sure we're supporting good companies. Um, Now, I know it's impossible to find every detail about every company, and and it's not always possible to boycott or buy from only so-and-so, but when there is a good choice uh, and you have an alternative, uh, I don't buy anything from from Target, for instance. I'm not going to buy from Target. Uh, I'm not going to—I don't use Starbucks. Uh, I don't. I don't buy products from companies that I know, like Disney. That all of us know. If you're keeping up with any current events that are happening, if your head's not in the sand, you know that these are very woke, liberal, anti-Christian companies uh, that are promoting lifestyles and agendas that Christians are totally against because they're against what God tells us. They they disobey God's commands for people, and so I'm going to choose to to uh, spend my money and do business with companies the most I can, as best I can, uh, that honor God. And there's a lot of them out there. I've already mentioned how, how big we are in our family for Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is our, uh, it's our favorite restaurant in some ways. I mean, I go to other restaurants, but I love their food, but I love their, their position, their stand on things. Uh, my son-in-law uh, just got his own store in Arizona and we're so proud of him and thrilled with what he's doing. It's a great company. My daughter's heavily involved. They just went to a seminar at the headquarters, or I guess not the headquarters, another location. That, and that, that's just a great Christian company. They close on Sundays. They were founded by Christian uh, people. Uh, Truett Cathy and his family. Uh, I mean, uh, Hobby Lobby. Uh, there's, there's just, I could go on and on. There's a number of companies that we know honor Christ. Uh, and we ought to do business with them uh, and not purposely try to promote uh, companies that are are against God. Uh, But again, back to this idea, where you work, find a good company uh, that really has Christian principles. It may not be owned and run by born-again Christians, but at least choose a company. If you're going to work for a company, uh, make sure that they they are, they are have integrity, they have honesty, they put out a good product, they're not deceiving and lying to people. I'll tell you, there's nothing more frustrating in life to me than getting ripped off by companies that sell you things that don't do what they say, uh, they don't uh, live up to what you expect, uh, and they're made cheaply. They're not made to last. Uh, they're just uh, shoddy work. Uh, we can go on and on. That's not what God would honor. God wants us to do the best we can and and, and put out a good product, a, a good service for people. So when you choose a vocation, uh, make sure you you choose a place that's going to honor God, and you're gonna you're gonna again, like I said in last week's episode, you're going to give them an honest day's work, and you expect. Uh, a good pay and and reward for your labor now, let me bring up this subject um, how How about ever leaving a job? Uh, you know should you ever leave a job or is it wrong to change jobs we 're living in a, a society today that that generally speaking is not loyal to anything people don 't stay in their marriages they don 't stay in their churches they don 't stay in their jobs very long now i'm not against a person who uh, wants to better themselves by going to another company who may offer them a better salary, a better future, a, a better job opportunity. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that we're in such a transient society. I mean, if you go back just to my grandparents, even my parents, but my grandparents' uh, generation for sure, my grandmother, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, my grandmother worked for over 40 years for the same company. She was a secretary at a finance company for over 40 years. My grandfather, uh, on both my mom and dad's side, I could say my grandfathers, both worked in the same place for years and years. They were loyal. Uh, They weren't, you know, they weren't flying off the handle when their boss told them something they didn't like and going home and quitting and, you know, putting their notice in or whatever. I think we ought to be loyal. I think people ought to be faithful to their jobs. If your job's taking care of you and uh, and and, and rewards you well for what you do and is honest and, and even more, if it's Christ-honoring, if it's a Christian business, if it's a Christian company, be loyal. Stay there. Now, let me add a few odds and ends before I, I finish this for today. Um, be careful. If you have to have your wife work out of the home, gentlemen, men, fathers, husbands, um, be very careful where you allow her to work. I'll tell you, there's there's so many uh, problems that happen. I, I don't uh, I don't want my wife working where other men are going to be, you know, harsh to her or in some way, uh, you know, just uh, acting improperly towards her. And there's a lot of that that happens. You know, a lot of affairs, a lot of adultery happens because of workplace relationships. There's no doubt about that. That's a proven fact. So uh, you just be careful. If you have to have your wife work, and she feel like she, and she feels like she has to, uh, just don't let her work anywhere. Check it out. Make sure you know what atmosphere she's in, and that she's safe, and watch what you know schedule she's working, and and so forth. I mean. Uh, this goes for your children as well, say your your teens your, your teen children at home, your teens that are starting a job uh, that 's okay that 's a good thing, especially for the boys. I think they ought to be working and and uh, teaches them you know hard work and how to save their money and use their money and, and so forth but man, be careful where you let them work. you never know what kind of influences they 'll be under. Um, just be careful about that and let me just say uh, this is such an important. Uh, point that pastors, I know all pastors believe, don't let your work ruin your church commitment. Um, I've talked a lot about the church in previous uh, podcasts, and so I don't even have to go into this in any depth to say, uh, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's called the Lord's day for a reason. And if it's the Lord's day, we ought to commit that day to Christ. Uh, I know there are companies And jobs that that have to be done on Sunday, we used to have blue laws when I was a kid. Blue laws meant that a business could not be open on Sunday unless it was a mandatory emergency type uh, vocation. Of course, hospitals and police officers and firemen and things like that. Of course, they have to be 24-7 all the time ready. But you couldn't find a gas station or a restaurant or a grocery store open when I was a kid. There was no, no such place open on Sundays because Sunday was set aside in our culture as a day to worship, for the family to spend together, and I wish we could get back to that. I know it'll never happen now. We're so far past that, but let me just say for Christians, don't let your work ruin your Christian testimony and your church commitment. I tell young people, I've told them this for years since I've been at this church. I've probably told 10, 10 or more young people that, I, that have been through our church, When I saw they were going to start working and they were, you know, 16, 17, 18, want to start getting a job, I commended them for that. But I would go up and put my arm around them and say, Listen, so and so, here's what you do. Make sure when you go to get a job and you get an interview and you stand or sit next to or sit across the desk from some boss who's going to hire you, you know what you tell them? Or you put it right on your, your application or your resume. I can't work on Sundays. Sunday is the Lord's day. And if the person who's hiring says to you, well, you got to work Sunday. You can't have the job. Then just stand up, shake there and say, I appreciate your time. I know this is just not a job for me. I'll go and try somewhere else. And I guarantee you, I've seen this happen. This is not exaggerating. I've seen it happen many, many times that a young Christian young person that took a stand to not work on Sundays, God gave them a good job or they didn't have to work on Sundays. And their boss appreciated how hard they worked and how responsible they were The other six days of the week, they made up for not working on Sundays. When, By the way, when you have a company like Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby and a few other Christian companies that are closed on Sundays, uh, that's even better because you know that's not gonna be an issue. So uh, let me end by just saying how important the balance of work and family and church are. Um, I think there's a balance. God honors work. God is a hard worker. I started my comments last episode telling you this. God is not against hard work. But I tell you what we have to be careful of. So many people get out of balance. Uh, My life's verse and one of my uh, mottos of life is Proverbs 11.1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That's been one of my life's verses and it's about balance. I know guys in ministry, and I, I really am trying to be careful. I, I, none of us does it perfectly, but I've always tried to keep balance between my ministry, my family, uh, and other responsibilities. I'm a citizen. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a sibling. I was a, a son when my parents were alive, my grandparents. I was a grandson for many years. Uh, I had a lot of responsibilities in so many spheres. you got to wear a lot of hats in life, And we ought to balance this. And so work was never to take over our lives. There's what we call workaholics. Uh, That shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't need to be a workaholic. Uh, You need to balance, guys, especially fathers, husbands. You need to balance your work time with your family time and your church time. Those are the three main spheres of life for a Christian man. And you can do it. And God will bless you as you do it man, I am just so thrilled that both my sons and my son-in-law are bringing their kids upright, spending time with their wives and children. And I'm always thrilled to see the videos and pictures that we see on Facebook or that they send to us personally. And I'm just so glad because they're really uh, trying to follow what, what, my wife and I tried to do with them. I tried to always make sure that we spent time with our kids and our kids were always involved in ministry. They loved church because we kept them involved and we did other things outside of church. We took vacations, we camped and we did things, we played sports and all kinds of different things and had fun. But work was never made to be a drudgery. And so uh, if you're doing something right now, that just does not bring you contentment or fulfillment, uh, take it to the Lord. The Bible says, casting all our cares upon him for he cares for us. And, uh, if you need a better job, a different job, uh, put it before the Lord. Maybe you need to do, uh, what I've done. You know, I've, I've had to kind of rethink some things, and maybe you need to uh, go back to school and get a, get a different degree or get a, uh, make a career change. God can see you through it. doesn't matter if you're 40, 50, 60 years old. It doesn't matter. If you've got the, the zeal and the ambition and you have God's spirit in you, God can do anything. With God, nothing's impossible. Uh, remember, let God be true and every man a liar. And uh, when, when God's on our side, if God be for us, who can be against us, the text says. And so God in one person is a majority always. Well, I hope this has helped you, this subject of the workplace and in our vocation. I think it's so vitally important. Uh, We'll pick up a new subject next week under this heading of what's happening. Thank you for listening. Remember our motto, conviction for truth, compassion for people. God bless you.